If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone. Just four months ago, we did an episode on why so many inmates were dying inside Harris County Jail. And unfortunately, more have died since then. But now the families of these inmates are fighting back. Will we finally see changes or is this a sad new norm for Harris County Jail? Houston Public Media's Lucio Vasquez joins me to answer those questions and more. It's Monday, September 11th, 2023. I'm Rahil Ramzanali and here's what Houston's talking about. Lucio, welcome into CityCast Houston. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, let's jump into this because it seems like every week Harris County Jails has been in the news. Mm -hmm. There's been headlines nonstop. Can you update us on the latest and what's going on? Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny you say that it's always in the news. As someone who's been covering it, it feels almost like it's an octopus with a lot of tentacles, right? So it's kind of hard to just broadly say what's going on, but I guess I'll try. Um, a majority of these deaths, at least this year, have been considered natural causes. But um, when you look at the actual death reports, uh, anything involving like a, a medical illness uh, is considered natural causes. So there's a lot of mm. uh, community advocates and family members who are looking at the death of, of their family members and loved ones who are being considered natural cause deaths when in reality, it may be because they have a lack of medical care or a lack of staff to care for the people held inside the jail itself. So right now, the Harris County Jail has been found non-compliant with uh, the Texas uh, Commission on Jail Standards. Their, their safety standards for jails in the, uh, in the state. The Harris County Jail has been found non-compliant on four separate occasions throughout the last year for understaffing, uh, a lack of medical care. So again, it's, it's, there's a lot of issues that uh, kind of compound uh, uh, in the jail itself right now. So from your reporting, can you give us a look at what the situation is like for an inmate that goes to Harris County Jail and mm. maybe even like a corrections officer, right? Like what is it like in there right now? Yeah, I think it's it, it, depending on if you are a, a person who is jailed inside of the facility or even a person working in it as a detention officer or, or, or one of the medical staff, I think the situation is just dire across the board, at least from what I've been mm -hmm. told from like jail reform advocates and the sheriff's office who actually runs the facility itself. The underlying issue is overcrowding, essentially. There are too many people in the jail. More people are going in than and than leaving. So if you enter the jail itself, you're most likely being uh, held for a, a, a more of a violent crime or a felony. Once you enter the jail itself, from what I've been told, there's a lack of medical care. There are uh, there's a culture of abuse that's uh, seemingly being perpetuated by detention officers. Again, this is all mm -hmm. alleged. Um, I've not stepped foot in the jail myself. But this is based on what uh, firsthand accounts of people who have been in there, right? Um, yeah. 
And as a detention officer as well, you're dealing with understaffing and you're dealing with a ratio of incarcerated person to detention officer that's rather uncomfortable. And so coupling with the alleged culture of abuse, there's also detention officers who can't feasibly actually care for the people who are held inside the jail because there aren't enough detention officers to feasibly do so. So I spoke with the executive director of the uh, commission just recently, and basically the county is under escalated enforcement moving forward. I'm not exactly sure what all that entails, but essentially they're subject to, I believe, more uh, inspections. And if the jail continues to not remedy the situation, they could be subject to state uh, remediation. Wow. Before we get to solutions, I want to focus on those inmates who passed away, not mm. only this year, but the 27 last year. And as you mentioned, we're not even talking about those who went to the hospital or were injured. What are their families doing right now to get answers? Yeah. I mean, I would assume it's it's very difficult to be in the situation, right? Because, well, I'll tell you a, a short story I think to represent why this would be difficult, but I spoke with a woman named Deborah Smith, whose daughter Kristen had passed away while in custody in May of 2022. Up until I believe late November, maybe mid-November, her mother did not know how her daughter passed away. Uh, she still mm -hmm. had no answers. And um, this again goes back to the tentacles of the octopus that I was mentioning, right? There's overcrowding in the jail, but we can also look at the court backlog that's been piling up since Hurricane Harvey here in Harris County. So because of the court backlog, cases are continuing to, to stall out and, and linger for far longer in Harris County than any other municipality in, in Texas. So we have people staying in the Harris County jail for on average 200 days versus the average of 60 days across the state. Wow. So because of these delays, there's also delays in evidence processing and delays in autopsies. So this links back to Kristen, who I spoke with her mother. She had no idea what had happened to her daughter. She could only assume that it was uh, something to do with her diabetes. But she, again, she had no idea up until mid to late November when it was confirmed that it was complications due to her diabetes. Mm. Of course, the death report stated natural causes. But based on what we've heard from the sheriff's office saying that they're understaffed and they have an inability to properly care for the people in the jail, and the allegations set forth from jail reform advocates with allegations of a lack of medical care, I think it's safe to infer that there was a lack of medical care and she didn't receive her insulin and medication, and that may have contributed to her death. And this is just one story, right? Um, there's a lot of family members who are just pining for answers and not even uh, family members of those who specifically died, but but there's a man who uh, was put into a coma after uh, an altercation with detention officers. Um, I remember they had a few press conferences over the last few months. Um, there was a uh, the family member of a, uh, a teenager who was mentally disabled and, and he... Um, he was killed by a, another inmate, and mm -hmm. there's still no answers as to what even happened. So they were, they've been demanding video evidence, something just to give answers. 
Now, are these family members suing Harris County Jail right now? Are there lawsuits pending, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, so there there have been a couple of lawsuits throughout the last year or two, but the main one, uh, the, the big lawsuit recently was a federal lawsuit filed on behalf of uh, the families of, of nine people who died, along with, I believe, 13 uh, formerly incarcerated people who spent time in the Harris County Jail a place of torment and punishment. That's what the lawsuit says exactly. And um, again, with all of these other tentacles of allegations of abuse and allegations of overcrowding, it's interesting to to see the lawsuit, you know, take the federal stage down. And so now we're just kind of waiting to see the next uh, the next steps. So where does that lawsuit stand today? Is it, I mean, is it going to move forward? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I've been talking with family members, um, not necessarily about the lawsuit itself, but uh, from what I can tell, they're they're definitely feeling a little more hopeful. Um, they're represented by Benjamin Crump. He represented the family of uh, George Floyd after he was killed. And so very high profile case, very high high profile attorney on their side as well. And so as of right now, um, nothing, no, no huge developments as of right now. It's only been, I think, about a month or so uh, since it was uh, filed, but um, definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. Now, it's clear that some sort of intervention needs to take place. Who do we go to? Who are the people or a person in charge? Is it a federal thing? Mm-hmm. Who can help fix this? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think the answer changes depending on who you ask, you know, um, I've spoken with the sheriff's office and uh, their chief of staff and the sheriff himself will say that uh, the, the jail is overcrowded and uh, there are certain pieces of legislation that are contributing to that. But the main issue is the overcrowding and understaffing. Yeah. So they say that they're understaffed because the starting pay is too low. They're not competitive with other jails uh, in surrounding ca- uh, surrounding counties. So. That's the sheriff's office side. You go to the uh, DA's office side, and they are um, essentially trying to build more courts and and uh, bolster their budget and to hire more prosecutors to get more of these of these cases through. Because again, mm. we're we're gosh, we're probably still over a hundred thousand pending cases here in Harris County. And what I think, oof, and then this might be an estimation. I think the last time I checked was about thirty-five thousand of those was uh, criminal. Wow. Yeah, and so there's a lot of people just sitting in the jail waiting to potentially be found innocent, but they're still waiting in the jail and uh, potentially in danger because of that. Oh man, that is so sad to hear. Now I, I don't know if you can answer this or not. But we had a federal surplus in the budget coming into this year, right? Why did we not allocate some of those funds to the DA's office, to Sheriff Ed Gonzalez, as he's been requesting more money to the commissioner's court for Mm -hmm. next year's budget? Why wasn't this taken care of last year? You know, that's a great question. And and honestly, I'm not even entirely sure if I can give you a good answer, just because I, I know that I've been focusing on the local level here, but I will say in terms of the a national outlook, but the FBI is actually looking into two specific deaths at the jail itself. Yeah. So there is a, a semblance of, of federal intervention. Um, I just can't speak to how the budget plays into it. 
Yeah, it's a, a sad situation and something that needs to get fixed ASAP. And, you know, I thought last year coming off that record 27 deaths, I thought something would be done. But, you know, we are a little bit behind on the pace. We're not going to yeah, get yeah. to that 27, hopefully, right? So mm -hmm. I hope something gets done over here. Any last thoughts on what's been going on that we might have missed? Yeah, I think... Um... And I think, you know, I'll tread carefully because, of course, I don't want to give my opinion as a journalist, but mm. I think it is important to report on this topic because I've, I've gotten feedback from some of my stories that basically amounts to, well, these people are in jail. Uh, why should I care? Right. Uh, yeah. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, 27 people, while Statistically, I guess, um, if you think, you know, if you want to look on like a very broad scale in a lot of people, it's still 27 people who passed away, who died. And there are family members who still don't have answers, didn't get answers, right? Um, yeah. And it's also too important to remember that these are people who are in jail, who are accused of a crime, right? Yeah. They haven't been convicted yet. Jacoby Pillow, for example, he's one of the two people who died in the jail, whose death is being investigated by the FBI. He was arrested for trespassing, and he was the first person to die in the jail this year, at least, uh, reportedly. And he, he, he was supposed to be released. Uh, trespassing is a misdemeanor. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, misdemeanors, they, they do not spend time in the jail more than 48 hours as their case is being uh, you know, pushed forward through the courts. But during his time, he allegedly got into an altercation with uh, detention officers and he was found unresponsive in his cell shortly after. And then he, I believe, died in a hospital. Wow. So again, trespassing and accused of trespassing. He wasn't convicted of anything. So yeah. I guess just my overall point is I think it's important to humanize this, this statistic, right? We do that a lot with, um, say, the COVID-19 pandemic. We have an insurmountable amount of people who have passed away due to this illness, right? It's kind of easy to just look at the number and kind of like get desensitized, right? Um, but we have tw at least 27 people last year. Unfortunately, I do believe that number it will increase by the end of the year. Lucio, thank you so much for joining us and for reporting on this. Thank you again. And it's such an important story. And hopefully we don't have to report on more deaths, but you know, continued great work because you are bringing light to this really sad situation. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That was Lucio Vasquez. You can hear his work on Houston Public Media News 88.7 FM. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. 